When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. It's Dan, and welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We are looking ahead to Monday Night Football as Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, Scott Patsko, and I will preview the Browns and Steelers on Monday Night Football. We make some prop bets and then we throw out our game predictions. And just so you know, as we discuss this, we're talking about it as if everything goes to the Browns away on Sunday and they're still playing for a possible division title when they travel to Heinz Field. If you're not a Football Insider subscriber, get on board before the season's over. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get a daily newsletter delivered right to your inbox written by a member of our Browns reporting team. Uh, You can also be one of our text subscribers to get updates, news, analysis, all sorts of stuff texted directly to you. And then, of course, you get access to exclusive stories on Cleveland.com slash Browns. So it's Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. Get info, get signed up, get a Christmas present for somebody that you forgot to get a Christmas present for. They'll really appreciate it. They, They won't mind that you forgot about them. They'll say, hey, thanks for the subscription or something like that. Okay, here we go. Our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Here we go on our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We're going to make predictions. It is Ben Roethlisberger's final game in Heinz Field. He sort of, I guess he didn't come out and say it as we're recording this on Thursday, but he pretty much, pretty much said it without saying it. Ashley, why don't you get us started here uh, with our first prediction? Second week in a row, and I do have a Big Ben-centric prediction. Well, not a prediction, an over-under for the second week in a row as well. Um, I'm going to set his quarterback rating the over under at 94 and looking at Ben's career numbers against the Browns his career quarterback rating facing them in the regular season is 94.2 now some more numbers for everyone to to help everyone along in making a decision this season his quarterback rating is 90.2 against the Browns earlier this season it was a 98.4 And then the last three weeks, you have a 107.1 rating against Minnesota, an 80.1 rating against Tennessee. And in that game against Kansas City, where the Steelers looked a mess, it was a 73.4. I love it. Ratings predictions. Again, I know we, we love it so much. We're doing it two weeks in a row, but it's an interesting thought exercise given all of his success over the Browns in his career. Before before we all weigh in on this, we do need to take a moment to let Mary Kay do her victory lap. Yes. Dan, that was so incredibly <laughs> nice of you. I really appreciate that. Uh, so we, I set the over under on Aaron Rodgers' quarterback rating last week at 115.0. 
and it came in at 115.1. So, so you were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Way off. Well, I'm going to be way more wrong than Mary Kay was. (laughs) I I can guarantee it. I can practically see it now. There you go. Um, Well, you know what? I feel like in his last game in Heinz Field uh, that everybody's going to rally around him and they're going to try to hang on to every pass. They're going to try to, everybody's going to be on point and give him the proper send off. So, oh, that's still tough, though, because it's Big Ben against the Browns defense. And the Browns defense is playing incredibly, incredibly well. And therefore, I still think I have to go with the under here. Maybe not under by a lot, but I think under uh, by at least a little, maybe like a 92 or something like that. So that's where I'm at. I'm going to go with the under here, too. I mean, didn't we go through this last year? Wasn't last season supposed to be? I know he didn't. come as close to saying this was it before that playoff game, but certainly had that kind of feeling. And I know we kind of talked about those kind of themes last year that that could be it. And probably the last, what, five years, it could have been it for for Ben Roethlisberger, all these off seasons where they're not really sure. I I don't, I know. I think he's going to be under, Uh, I think this defense is playing really well. It's, it's healthier now. Um, And man, if they get Trey Hill back, that's, that's a nice boost as well. Um, so I'm going to go under here. I don't know if he bounces back particularly well in this game. So 94 is like, it's, it's not like amazing. It's, it's kind of just, I have it. It's actually right in the middle of Ben Roethlisberger games this year, pretty much 94 seven is kind of right in the middle along with these. He's got an 87 here and that 94 seven is 29 of 40, 229 yards in a score. He's got a 98-4. That was against the Browns, uh, obviously, like we mentioned, 22 of 34, 266 and a touchdown. I think he'll come in just slightly over that 94 number. I, I think he's going to play well enough that, that he's going to be in that range. So, you know, I was I joked before the podcast, new year, new me. I'm all in on the Steelers now all of a sudden. <laughs> So I'm going to say Ben Roethlisberger over a 94 rating. I, th- I think what you're really hoping here, if you're going under, you're saying that he's either not going to throw any touchdowns or he's definitely going to throw a pick or two to kind of drag it down. It's just not going to be the kind of game where he's making, he, you know, where he's, where he's getting in the end zone or kind of making plays that help determine if they win. It's just kind of like, <laughs> it's just there. So um, yeah, I, and I think he's going to get picked off in this game. And I think that's going to hurt, hurt his rating for sure. Surprisingly, he's only been intercepted eight times this season. When I looked that up yesterday, I thought it would have been more than that. Uh, just because, you know, when you think it's someone's last season and they're kind of falling off the cliff a little bit, uh, you know, you would expect that maybe they're throwing it around the yard a little bit more, but he's only had eight. I also, I agree with you, and this is probably coming up maybe somewhere uh, on this pod, but I do think that uh, they're going to get him once or twice in this particular game, Uh, but very surprised he's only got eight. Yeah, I'm going to go with the, with Mary Kay's line of thinking here, and I went back and forth on whether or not I would take the over or the under. I've obviously been very vocal on this very podcast about how this game was the one I was most concerned about besides that Packers game following the bye week. But I do think just given how well the Browns defense is playing and looking at his ratings from the last couple of weeks, 
I think he's going to have a different kind of energy to him, maybe given the environment it's, you know, it could be his last game, obviously number one, but it's Monday night football as well. So there's a lot of X factor kind of things to contend with for the Browns in this one. And uh, that might give Ben a little bit more of an edge, I would say, but I don't know. I'm not, I don't think he's going to have a 98.4 rating again against this defense with how well they're playing now. So uh, I'll take the, the under for my own prediction. We, we do need to keep an eye on uh, Jeremiah Usukoromoa, who was out on Thursday with a non-COVID illness, but we've seen how those non-COVID illnesses can suddenly turn into a trip to the COVID list, and we're at that point now where you wouldn't be five days out um, for, for him to be able to come back. So that's just one thing to kind of keep an eye on here over the next like couple of days uh, to see you know the Browns have had an issue like that with Clowney, uh, Tyler Huntley, I, I believe, had that issue with the Ravens where guys kind of pop up with an illness. And then like two days later, they test positive and, and certainly not having JOK. We've seen how valuable he is to this defense. Yeah. And he missed the first game too. Yeah. Yes. And it, and I was just going to mention that it should be noted that Mike Tomlin in his press conference really singled out JOK as somebody that they feel like they have to be concerned about. Uh, and you know, that he would be an addition from that first game. And obviously they're seeing the, the same thing on film that, that everybody else is seeing just in terms of the speed and the blitzing and uh, sideline to sideline plays and the hustle and, and all that kind of stuff. So I do think that it will be significant if he can't play. Good news though, Greg Newsom uh, back today at practice, potentially Troy Hill back, like you mentioned, Scott, uh, Kevin Stefanski didn't rule anybody out. Uh, today when when we heard from him so uh, keep an eye on kind of how that defense shapes up but they're certainly trending in the right direction both on the field and and health wise okay I'm going to apologize before my my true or false that I'm going to throw at you because I I promise you I'm not trying to start some sort of controversy here but I think after what we saw from Baker on Saturday I'm just curious true or false we will see Case Keenum on Monday night Mm, very interesting. That's an interesting one. You know, my first instinct, which I'm going to go with is my first instinct is no, because it has seemed like even this season, you know, I thought in this past game, when Baker Mayfield threw three interceptions in the first half of that game, if there was going to be an opportunity to uh, yank him out of there and give case a chance, I kind of thought that it might happen in that game. And then the defense just locked down green Bay and just, gave them an opportunity to gave the offense an opportunity to win the game. But I almost thought, you know, maybe he would think about it in that game. Uh, But if he's not going to do it, then I think he's riding QB one to the finish line. So I'm going to say no case Keenum. Are you adding in uh, an injury factor? No, no, we're not going to factor in. I mean, injury is like case Keenum because of performance. Okay. Not because of, not because of injury. I'm going to say no. I think they're, I think they're going to stick with Baker. So, so even if like Baker comes out in the first half and throws two picks and and they're bad. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my, was my thinking with this too. Like if ever there was a time to justify pulling Baker for a performance reason and putting Case Keenum in, it would have been against the Packers because again, three picks in the first half. Now Baker himself after that game said, you know, on, on that first one to Donovan Peoples Jones, he thought maybe 
there was some tugging, pulling at Donovan, like obviously there was on the last one, but those, the second one and the third one, he admitted were just bad throws. So if he was admitting that after the game, Kevin Stefanski, I'm sure also knew that in real time as he was watching it, watching it happen. So I just don't think he's gonna, gonna pull him for something like that at this point, which I, I don't fully understand because I know how much Kevin Stefanski does not like interceptions in terms of, you know, what mistakes he will and will not tolerate, but I don't see him going away from Baker in this game. I was trying to think of a scenario where it would be likely that he'd get pulled. Like what if the Bengals, what if the Bengals lose to in the and the Ravens lose to create a scenario where the Browns win out? Like it's all right there in front of him. And then Baker's throwing picks or making bad decisions and the offense is struggling. Like in that scenario, does he say we have to do whatever we can, period? And if that includes pulling Baker Mayfield and that includes pulling Baker Mayfield. But then I go back to like what Mary Kay pointed out, man, he threw three picks in the first half against the Packers and still came out. And then he almost threw another one. And he still stayed on there, uh, out there long enough to actually throw his fourth. Um, I, I do find it hard to believe that he would get pulled. I do think he's just kind of riding this out. Um, so so here's, why, here's why I would make the case that maybe this is different. Um, and let's just say we're, we're kind of framing this whole discussion, making the assumption that this game Monday night is going to matter. Right. When, when we're recording this, we don't know for sure. When you're listening to this, you don't know for sure. But we're going to just assume for the sake of this discussion that Monday night's game matters. Baker was flew into green Bay on Saturday. Didn't practice for a couple weeks. Hadn't look, he had a horrible first half, but, but Kevin decided to stick with him. But this is like, I mean, this is it. This is a playoff game. And I, I certainly don't view case Keenum as some kind of savior, you know, but I, I don't know. I almost feel like if Baker comes out and just throws two brutal picks, Almost like that, what, what was it, week eight last year when, when the Steelers blew the Browns out? If it looks like that, I don't know how you could justify not making a move there if you're really trying to, to make the playoffs here. This is really a playoff game. Well, if John Johnson the third doesn't play in this game, maybe they can get some guidance from him <laughs> at halftime. and he can, he can tweet out in all caps, play Case Keenum. um (laughs) so maybe they better check you know their social media at halftime but um you know I don't know I mean look Lamar Jackson won a football I guess it depends on the score and how close the game is because Lamar Jackson won a football game this year when he threw four interceptions and the Cleveland Browns almost almost beat the Green Bay Packers when Baker Mayfield threw four interceptions because of the defense and because the defense was keeping the game close. Now, if it's starting to get away from them and this, the Steelers are up 28 nothing in the first quarter, then maybe you take Baker Mayfield out of the game. But if the game is close enough, I think you're going to stick with your QB1 and give him a chance to win the game. Yeah, and I don't think the Steelers – are going to be up. I don't think the Steelers have it and it would be up 28, nothing unless they score on defense. Yeah. The the game's going to be close regardless. Mm -hmm. That's just what, that's what Pittsburgh does. So, okay. You guys talked me out of it. I'm going false too on my own. (laughs) 
but I wanted to throw it out there. I thought I think I think it's worth discussing. I think people I think in this city sometimes we get a little nervous talking about the backup because people hear that and they think, oh, you think Case Keenum's going to lead this team to the Super Bowl? No, but you got to make a switch. You might have to make a switch at some point. It's, it should I think it should at least be on the table. Okay, uh, Mary Kay, what do you have? Well, I'm going to go with an old, old friend in Joe Hayden. Uh, this could be Joe Hayden's last career game himself in Heinz Field. They've talked about uh, the fact that, you know, he may become a, a free agent after the season. So this could be his last home game as a Pittsburgh Steeler, which, of course, will get lost in the shuffle of the Ben Roethlisberger last game. Nevertheless, uh, he will want to go out in style. And he will be playing with a lot of emotion and obviously playing against his former Cleveland Browns team. And, you know, these guys can somehow dig deep and find a way to come up with a little extra for a team that cut them or traded them or passed on them in a, in a draft the way that maybe even Ben Roethlisberger will harken back all the way to 2000 and whatever the heck that was. I can't even count that high anymore. Um, but, you know, these guys can dig deep and they can find whatever motivation they need. So I think uh, that Joe Hayden is going to be, you know, playing with his hair on fire in this game. And he does not have an interception yet this season, just does not have a pick. Furthermore, he only had two in 14 games all of last season. So he hasn't been intercepting the ball at all. So my over and under, I, my bold prediction, let me say, uh, I think that Joe Hayden is going to find it within himself to pick off Baker Mayfield in this football game, that he's going to have uh, a, a nice game in his swan song at Heinz Field and give that Browns that, that little parting shot uh, to remind them that they made a huge mistake when they let him go. So one interception for Joe Hayden in this game. This is like the emotion. This is the emotions podcast. Of our <laughs> Where's <laughs> Doug? Get Doug to <laughs> dial in. Yep. This is, we're just playing in all the emotions. You know what, Mary Kay? I think I'm with you on this. He's played mm -hmm. Cleveland now eight times, six, one and one in those games. Uh, and he does have two interceptions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe this uh, is, a, is a preview of my prediction for this game. But I, I think Joe will get one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ashley and Scott are thinking really hard. hard about this. You know, <laughs> I, much like Ben maybe outperforming. And, again, like people on Twitter were acting like I was nuts on, on Sunday when I'm tweeting about, oh, I was still, you know, concerned about how he's going to look in this game. But I just think there is some truth to the sort of X factor kind of things. And I can see it happening. I can see Joe Hayden getting that one interception. So I will take the, this is an over under technically, right? So I'll take the push. Oh yeah. I guess I took the push too. Yeah. What was it with the over under was one or was it 0. 0.5 or what? It's kind of just a prediction. It's just a, it's really a prediction. Will, yeah. Yeah, will yeah. Joe Hayden yeah. will have an interception in this game. You can take it however you want or answer it however you want. Man, it's, I guess on the one hand, yeah, you watch Baker that last game and you think that there's, there's opportunities there, but 
you got to believe that Kevin Stefanski maybe plays, maybe puts his quarterback in some better positions um, to where he doesn't have to throw downfield as much. I don't know. I'm going to say no. Um, that's too much. Like Ben Roethlisberger in his last game and then Joe Hayden too. Like that's too much Browns, Steelers, uh, you know, karma story narrative wrap-ups in, in one game. I'm going to say no. Uh, yeah, Joe Hayden is still out there making plays, though. Had the game-clinching play against Tennessee a few weeks ago. Uh, pre- pretty unbelievable there. He was he was one of the uh, he was one of the players I jinxed. By the way, I, I did a really he gave me a really great interview one training camp, and like I was surprised. I requested him. I didn't have anything else to do, so I requested him. He gave me a really great interview, and then two weeks later they cut him. I know it was, it's the Dan jinx. And, and we're not even going to talk about the fact that we think it is a contagious jinx right now. We'll, we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah, we'll yeah, the, that. That, that needs to happen in like two weeks from now. And then we can talk about it in depth. But you know what, you know, what's going to happen here is that, you know, my Raven Simone premonition that I'm having here on the, on the Joe Hayden interception, which I'm usually pretty good on predicting interceptions. I mean, I used to have this thing where I could walk up to a player. These were the days when we could walk up to a player in the locker room. I would say, I, I feel like you're going to get an interception. I would tell them on Friday and then almost invariably they would get one. I don't know. It was kind of weird. I have ESPN. My question is, does, (laughs) do Dan or Scott get either reference that Mary Kay just made? Is my question. She made two big pop culture references there, and I need to know if either of you know them. Well, the, the Raven Simone one. Yes. I mean, I am aware of who that is. Yes. But do you know what like was the other? What was the other? I was one? alive for for the Cosby Show. <laughs> so the Raven Simone is specifically from her show That's So Raven, that was a right. Disney Channel show. And then she said, "It's like I have ESPN, which is okay, for me." Yeah. So that's, <laughs> I got that's that. the pop culture lesson for today. <laughs> I got that one. Well, I got. So I I got a pop culture reference coming your way. Oh no! So here's what I got wrong, and and in, in you know in you know I should have like really got focused and maybe burned some incense here because <laughs> what's really going to happen is the pick is going to be the other Joe that used to play for the Cleveland Browns. And it's going to come off of a oh. tipped ball to a tight end over the middle. And it's going to be Joe Schobert. And I'm going to be like, darn, I had the wrong Joe. Dan, <laughs> cut that audio just in case. Cut both <laughs> <of those laughs> predictions. Keep them. I know he, he already has, he stripped, didn't he? He's the one who stripped Landry. Last yeah. time they played, correct? Yeah. So yes. I, he was the one who forced that fumble. Yeah. Yeah. You should have just said a former Brown named Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Any ordinary. So Any Thomas, anybody. Yes. Anybody. As this offseason gets longer, we're going to rank former Browns Joes. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's actually yeah. been a good name for him, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Scott, what do you have? All right. So I'm going to go back to the running game because last week, now I get to take my victory lap too. Last week I uh, threw out the the prediction who would have the most yards, Chubb or the combination of Jones and Dylan, because they were both averaging about the same. Nick Chubb, 126 yards. Mm-hmm. Jones and Dylan, 107. So there you go, folks. What I'm about to say, you can take to the bank. Very Don't good. Don't do that. Don't do that though. Um, <laughs> all right. So Nick Chubb did not have a great game the last time these two teams played. It was his first game back from injury. Uh, Kareem Hunt did not play that game. And by the way, that was the first game 
Nick Chubb has played under Kevin Stefanski where he didn't have Kareem Hunt with him. Uh, he had 16 carries, 61 yards, didn't really have a great rotation with Dernis Johnson. It was, I think it was new for everybody just trying to figure out how that was going to work without Kareem Hunt out there when they did have Nick Chubb. So not a great game for him. Uh, Najee Harris uh, rushed for 91 yards in that game, which was kind of surprise of a surprise because the Steelers just had been really bad. They're still pretty bad at running the ball, um, but he had not topped, but he had had one, uh, one game over even 80 yards. And it was a couple weeks before he's, he's had another hundred yard game since then. But anyways, this is going to be Chubb versus Harris. Who's going to have the most rushing yards. Um, the Steelers were really good stopping the run through the first half of the season. They kept teams under 82 yards a game, but since week 10, it's up over 178 per game. Uh, we, there's a chance the Browns could have Hunt back, so you could have that rotation that works so well for them. You, you got Jedrick Wills back in the mix. Um, so Chubb or Harris, who has the most rushing yards? I'm going to go with Chubb. I think he does get over 100 in this game. And I think it's important that he does. Uh, and I think the Browns uh, figure out a way to stop Najee Harris from hurting him the way they did the last time. I'm going to take Chubb in this one as well, uh, because I, again, it goes back to like, this is the playoffs and you have to win however you think you can win. And I, I think trying to just run the ball at this Steelers defense and see if they can stop you, I think is a good way to maybe start this football game. And if they can't, you just kind of keep doing it and you let Nick Chubb just have a huge day like he did against Green Bay. So this is kind of one of those old school establish the run games, I think, or, may, or maybe it should be. So I, I think Nick Chubb is going to have a big day, um, especially look when you're court. Like I said, when you're quarterback through four interceptions, you kind of want to minimize his role, I think, or at least early in the game and, and maybe let your offense get into a rhythm. Yeah, you know, there may not be a bat in the Heinz Field press box this week. And if there is, that would be very weird for it to happen back-to-back weeks. But I just think given what he did against the Packers and I mean, even against the Raiders, I mean, he had a pretty decent, decent game after two kind of underwhelming games against Baltimore, the way the Ravens played him. But I mean, 126 yards last week, plus he had 58 yards receiving on three catches and obviously that huge 40 yard reception on the Browns first drive that uh, ended in a touchdown. But um, I think they, they need Nick Chubb to have a big game. And I think I'm, I'm confident that he can produce that for them. It's kind of what the rest of the offense does around him. That's more of a concern for me. So I'll go with Chubb over Harris too. Yeah, I I think uh, it's a clean sweep here. I'm also (laughs) going to go with uh, Chubb over Harris in part because, you know, Jadavian Clowney is back for this game and he's so good against the run. Uh, He really sets the edge incredibly well. Again, they might not have JOK, but I still think uh, that their linebackers are are set up to stop the run fairly well. So I'm going to go with uh, Chubb. I think that Uh, especially if Kareem Hunt plays and helps keep him really super fresh for the fourth quarter. This is going to be his kind of game. Uh, Now, of course, the Browns are going to need to be able to stretch the field a little bit and loosen up that box. They're going to try to do it. Of course, they'll try to do it with um, Anthony Schwartz being back. They'll throw a few deep balls to him and see if they can't get some guys out of that box a little bit. 
but for the most part, the Browns are going to have to prove, and Baker Mayfield is going to have to prove that he can hit those deep passes with some consistency. And we have seen that uh, that he and Donovan Peoples-Jones are really sort of struggling together in that regard. Um, so they're going to have to see what they can do um, if they can hit a couple of those, and especially hit a couple of those early on to try to to get ahead a little bit. Uh, but if they can't, uh, then it could be a little bit of a longer afternoon for Nick. But I think uh, I think he'll do okay. I think there's a decent chance that Kareem will be back this game. Um, so uh, I think the running game will get cranking, and I'm going to go with Nick. Okay, I'm going to stay along these lines because I had, I had a second prediction, and it, it was a Nick Chubb-related prediction. I think it has to do with, with Scott's here. So Nick Chubb's season high this year is 23 carries. He did it against Las Vegas. Uh, he's actually only done it 23 or more carries uh, four times in his career. He did it on the 20, uh, twice in 2019. Uh, one of those was against Pittsburgh. And then he did it once in 2018. So 23 carries for Nick Chubb in this game. Like, like we said, Kareem Hunt might be back. Dearness Johnson has, has certainly been really good as that third running back. Over or under for Nick Chubb? Will he have a season high? 23 over or under for Nick Chubb. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, I'd go under. Um, ideally, it's under. <laughs> You're rotating Hunt and Chubb and you're back to the, you know, the way this offense operates best. Um, but also it's basically a playoff game. And if there is no hunt, you, even if there is, maybe you just keep riding Nick Chubb. Um, but no, I, I think I'm going to go under. I, getting close to 20 sounds about right, but I, I don't know if he's going to set a high in this game. Yeah, this is a tough one. This is kind of a tough one. Um, but I think I'm going to go slightly under because I think that they are going to want to try to keep him fresh and not want to overwork him. So I think that even if Kareem doesn't play, and I think he will, I think he'll play on a limited basis to give them a little spark here and there and a little change up. Um, so I think, you know, if he gets six carries, you know, then you're looking at whatever, you know, 28, 29 carries between the two of them, maybe a couple for Dearness. So I think they'll divide it up a little bit and keep everybody fresh. So therefore I'm going to go with the under. Yeah. Again, I think it's a clean sweep. <laughs> I'm also going to take the under then. Um, and yeah, kind of just what Mary Kay was saying. I think they are going to divide things up. And obviously I know we saw it. Nick Chubb looked like a little tired, especially in that green Bay game, even with the number of carries he got then. So I think they really want to try to avoid that so that they can use him in these late game situations if they have to. And there's been lots of questions on, on their final drives in a couple of these close games, like in Baltimore in green Bay about where was Nick Chubb? Why was he on the sidelines? I, I do wonder if fatigue is a big reason why. Um, and, and I do think, you know, Kareem hunt will probably play in this one as well. So that's a little bit of a boost for them. So nothing, you know, I think they're still going to be running more than that, but Nick Chubb still obviously gets the lion's share of the carries. Yeah. It's hard for me to see it getting to 23 or over 23. Um, but, you know, I've asked this question before. I, th I think I've asked it um, on some Hey MK pods and I, and I don't know if I've said it 
like on a podcast to Ashley and Scott, but like, there's a part of me that just wonders, can the Browns be the Colts for a couple of weeks? Can they just, you know, to me, Nick Chubb is at least as good, if not better than Jonathan Taylor. The offensive line is good. The defense is really good. The Browns defense and Colts defense are both good. Can, can the Browns just look at these two games and be like, Let, let's be the Colts? Or is that too out of character for them and, and what they want to do? Yeah, I was looking through like personnel groupings over the last few weeks, and the Browns have just been so wildly out of character <laughs> because they've had to be in a lot of ways um, in just how they've put together a game plan. You know, first with figuring out how to win with, with Nick Mullins, and then last week going all, you know, going in heavy on 11 personnel with a lot of receivers on the field. A couple weeks ago, when Mullins, they didn't use any 11 personnel, although technically I'm sure they had. Felton split out wide and kind of had a de facto kind of 11 personnel, but it's really been kind of whatever gets the job done. And yeah, I could see them going off, off course. And was Kevin Stefanski's quote is when the, well, when the map differs from the terrain, you go with the terrain, like, yeah, it could get rocky and <laughs> just kind of figure it out and, and lean into that. It, it, I could see them doing that, but I'm still going under. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Did anybody else have a second prediction? Mary Kay, you had one. Yeah, I have another one. Um, and I, this, I say this every single time, but I, I love to talk about uh, guys that I think will have a big impact in this game. And, and this is one of them, not the one that you guys think I'm going to say, um, but um, perhaps the, uh, his counterpart. So, uh, so this is about TJ Watt. And uh, TJ Watt is a bona fide candidate for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. I think right now he is ahead of Miles Garrett uh, in that race because he not only leads the NFL with, I think it's 17 and a half sacks right now. Um, so he's at the top of the leaderboard, but he also has four forced fumbles and he's made some really big impact plays and he's got some good competition. Uh, but I think he has surpassed Miles Garrett and, you know, it's going to be a, it could end up being a photo finish. I mean, if Miles finishes really strong and TJ drops off, I mean, you, you never know. I mean, Miles could still come through and win this thing, but um, TJ Watt, once again, uh, he only has one and a half sacks in his last three games. He suffered some cracked ribs two games ago in Tennessee or against Tennessee. Um, and so last week against Kansas City, he played in 38 snaps, but he just did not have the impact that he had been making. Therefore, I don't really know what kind of physical shape he is in this week. Let me look at the injury report real quick. He was probably limited. I did not see him on there. I was, was looking for him too. Yeah, okay. he's not on the not on their injury report. Okay, if he's not on the injury report, that actually surprises me. How can you not be on the injury report when you have cracked ribs? Nikoya yeah. draft pick. Those those ribs healed very very quickly, didn't they? Now, <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, but anyways. So, um, if TJ Watt is feeling a lot better than he felt last week against Kansas City, you guys know as well as I do, he can wreck a football game. He wrecked the Ravens game with three and a half sacks in that Tennessee game when he cracked the ribs. He had four quarterback hits in that game. Uh, so he can take over a game 
when he's on the money. And as we know, uh, the, the Browns are still challenged at the tackle positions. Now, James Hudson is back and Jed Wills is back. Uh, but, you know, they still have some pass pro issues on the outside. And that's where the, Ra- the, the Steelers are going to try to make their hay. So can TJ Watt uh, get what I think he's going to get? And that is two sacks in this football game. TJ Watt, my bold prediction, will have two sacks against the Cleveland Browns on Monday night. Definitely. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. Oh, against Blake Hans? Okay. Heck yeah. 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 Um, even though if you go by PFF grading, he has had, let's see, four in four of the last five games, he's have been four of his worst games of the year. He's been below, he's been below 60. He's been in the 50s for defensive grade in three of those games. Um, but then you throw in the Baltimore game right in there, and that's, you know, obviously a huge one. So, yeah, I think, yeah, T.J. Watt is going to get pressure on Baker Mayfield. I think that's a given. It's, it's how devastating those sacks become. You know, at what point in the drive are they, and how many yards do they lose, and stuff like that. But won't James Hudson, wouldn't it be James Hudson and, uh, and Jed? Yeah, it could be. I mean, it might well, be. he was back last week, though, right? And they stuck with the same – well, he yeah, came so off the, the COVID list last week. Yeah, it was it was a little late though. I think I I don't know. I don't know if it was COVID related or if it was they just wanted to go back to Blake Hance. Well, either way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, knowing how perfectly spot on Mary Kay was with her prediction last week with Aaron Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> I'm going to take the push on this one and. It, it has a lot to do with where the Browns offensive line is, I think, more than anything. Um, and I think TJ Watt is probably looking at this as the game where, like we mentioned, he has struggled in these recent games and is dealing with those cracked ribs. But if he's not on the injury report, even right now, this could be the game that gets him back on track individually. So I'll take the push. I'm, I'm going to go under, but it could still be like one and a half. You know, I, I think, I think we're going to feel TJ Watt in this game, whether he gets two sacks or gets no sacks. I think we're going to feel TJ Watt in this football game because that's teams want to put pressure. Like you always want to put pressure on the quarterback, right? But some quarterbacks deal with it better than others. And, and Baker struggles when, when there's pressure and he can't get out of the pocket. So I think I'll take the slight under, but regardless, I think if the Steelers win this game, we're going to be talking about TJ Watt, no matter what that number is. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? Okay. We're going to take a break and then we're going to make our uh, game picks for Monday night football. And we are back on the orange and Brown talk podcast time to make our picks for Monday night Browns and Steelers. Like I said, we're assuming at this point that this game is going to matter. Uh, As we know, Cincinnati needs to lose to the chiefs. The Ravens need to lose to the Rams and the Browns can control their own destiny. If those two things happen. So First of all, real quick, Chiefs Bengals. Is everybody taking the Chiefs? I, I think the Bengals can win this game. I'm taking the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs too. Chiefs still have a lot to play for. And I think uh yeah. Going with the Chiefs. Fair, fair enough. That's not what people are here to listen to. All right, Brown Steelers predictions. Uh let's see. Scott, why don't you go first here? Brown 17, Steelers 13. Uh I think having JOK in this game will be important. 
in the middle of the field. Last time you did have Anthony Walker, but Malcolm Smith played 40 snaps. And we've learned this season that more Malcolm Smith means more bad Malcolm Smith. Like if you get him in small doses, he's excellent. But when he's out there for 40 snaps or 60% of the game, then, then you run into trouble. Mac Wilson played 30 snaps in that game. So uh, I think having JOK in there, most of the snaps with Anthony Walker is important. I think the running games, the Browns running game will be a big deal in this one. I think they, they find a way to, to pull this out. And by the way, I think we need to note how close I came to getting my prediction right last week. The Browns had the ball with a chance to kick a game-winning field goal and win 25-24. My prediction was 27-24. Even I, They took my kicker out of the equation, and I still almost <laughs> won. So, folks, Browns 17, Steelers 13. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Time out. You cannot take victory laps for almost. <laughs> no. Hey, I when can't. you're the only one to pick the Browns to win a game, I think. You can. <laughs> I think you can. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you the almost victory lap. All right. So, Mary Kay, what do you have? This is such a tough game for me to pick. I mean, I just keep going back and forth because I really do think uh, that it is a game of emotion. I, I believe in that. I firmly believe in that. When I look back at the wild card game last year, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster handed the Browns the best gift they could get before the game. Browns is Browns. They played like they were running through the wall. I mean, it was unbelievable. Uh, so I think it is a game of emotions for this emotions pod. And I, I do think that the last game for Ben Roethlisberger, and there's going to be fans in the stadium this time, uh, for Ben's last game, Joe's last game, potentially there. And um, so many of these guys are just really going to be, want to be plugged in. And you know that Ben is going to give the win one for the Gipper speech right beforehand, right? I mean, you know it. It's happening. We're going to we'll be there. We will watch it happen. Come on, we'll, guys. Win it for me. Be, <laughs> tears. tears might even be shed before the game. So and that by Baker Mayfield probably, but um, no, I think that, so yes, I think that they have a really good chance of winning the game. The Steelers do, but I think that the Cleveland Browns have a full complement of defenders for this game. And they're just, they're just better. They're just better than what the Steelers offense has to offer. And I, I think that the defense can be dominant. I wrote a column. I might've gone a little too far. I don't know if anybody has called me crazy for it or not, but I said, they're playing at a championship clip. I think if you put this defense with like a really good offense and a good passing game, the championship caliber defense, it can shut down many, many offenses. So, uh, so because of that, and because they do have a running game, I think the Browns can pull this one out. And, but I, I think it'll be something like 20 to 17 Browns. Ashley. Yeah, it's, I've really struggled. I've gone back and forth all week on who I was going to pick. My gut right now is still kind of going against what I'm going to predict, which is the Browns winning. And I think I'm going to go with 21, 14. And, but my gut is still saying because of all these other things, it, it still is the game I was most concerned about after the bye week. Like it still definitely fits that bill for me 
because of all of these other factors. But I just think like you watch the Steelers rationally, they are a mess coming into this week. I think the Browns have all the pieces that as long as Baker Mayfield is not making as many costly mistakes as he did against the Packers, you get similar production from Nick Chubb against a run defense that isn't too hot right now. Um, And the defense kind of does what they've been doing in recent weeks with more pieces back, hopefully. Um, Then it's, it's the Browns are in a good position despite all of this other stuff that we have been talking about for six to eight weeks. So I will, I'll, I'll stick with the Browns this one with the caveat that I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And I fully admit it. So Ashley, you set me up perfectly. Okay. And here's my, here's my pop culture reference. You guys have heard of this movie that's on Netflix now. I think it was in theaters not that long ago. It's called don't look up. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the whole premise of this movie, I promise there's no spoiler here is that there's a comet that's coming to destroy earth. And it's at one point in the movie, this group of people adopts this slogan, don't look up, because they don't want anybody to look up and see this comet as real. And so for me, we're sitting here and saying, oh, yeah, the Browns are going to go win two games in a row and Baker Mayfield's going to play great. And I feel like when we say that, we're saying, just, just don't worry, don't look up. Don't look at any evidence that we've seen all season long about this football team. They could do it. They absolutely could do it. Baker Mayfield could set the world on fire these next two, these next two weeks. And just the Browns defense could carry them to two wins. They're that good. This running game can carry them to two wins. They're that good. But I, I just haven't seen it. And so my gut all week, my gut two or three weeks ago was that the Browns were going to go into Heinz Field and lose this game. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that until I see evidence. And maybe it'll happen this Monday night until I see evidence that Baker Mayfield is going to play better and that this team can go win a game like this on the road. I, I can't pick them to do it. And so I'm going to say that they lose this game. Damn, that's Dan, a good, Dan, that's a good, beat the Vikings on the road. They beat the Vikings on the road. They, right. on the road. The last time they won two games in a row, they beat the Vikings. <laughs> That's true. But I said two weeks ago that all they had to do over these last four weeks would be 500. Well, now it's the time to, to be yeah. the good part of that. And sure. they are as complete a team as they have been, what, since week one? I mean, mm-hmm. you had Wills yeah. hurt in that game. Now you're going to be without a right tackle in this game. I think uh, that's kind of why I picked them to, to win. I think it's, they're the most complete okay. as they've been in a long time. Um, but yeah, it definitely is a big task winning two in a row for this team for whatever reason. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not saying you guys are like, look, the Steelers, I have no idea how the Steelers have seven. I've watched way too many Steelers games this year and I have no idea how they have seven wins, but that's also part of it. Like mm-hmm. even that yeah. game against Kansas city last week is just, I've seen this Steelers team just take something like that on the chin and turn around and some win, like the ugliest game the next week. I, I can't figure them out and I can't figure the Browns out. You've watched so many Steelers games, so you can get your Big Ben tight 10 monologue, <laughs> your, your stand-up routine together. But, you know, kind of going <laughs> off of what Scott was saying, I did that story. Uh, this is recording this on Thursday. So it went up this morning um, looking at all of the close losses for the Browns this year. And of their eight losses, six have been by a score. Like they've been by six points or fewer. 
And it really was kind of striking for me. And again, I wasn't covering them during some of these losses in the early point of the season against the Chiefs and the, and the Chargers. It's striking to look at how many things just have it's a game of inches and it's a cliche for a reason. They've come so close so many times and looking at not just the deciding plays and what happened in those, but the missed opportunities in each of those games. So again, yeah, your record is what it is, but it's not like they're getting blown out and looking completely atrocious in most of these games. So also, even though I have, I think a similar gut feeling to what Dan is and I'm going against it. I'm like Dan, who's going with it. Um, I, I kind of can see some rationale for the other side. You know what just keeps rolling around in, in my brain is wouldn't it be just like the Browns luck that the Steelers in this season, when no one gave them a snowball's chance in hell of winning the division, that they pull it off and win the division. I mean, that can still happen. That's still yeah. in play. That's why this is such a big game. I mean, you know, couldn't it, it would almost be like a movie. Couldn't you see it? The 30 for 30 Ben's <laughs> last season. And, you know, they beat the Cleveland Browns and Heinz field his last game. And, you know, I mean, it just almost seems like, like, could you even imagine that happening that they win it at nine, seven and one, based on the strength of that tie, I mean, like that would be unbelievable. And, you know, the truth of the matter here is that if the Ravens just hadn't completely lost every pro bowler and every player that they have on this football team, it wouldn't even be close right now. I mean, this would not even, I mean, they would have at least two more victories right now if they had some of those 20 players that they've lost this season. And so, you know, I don't know. It's just so bizarre. They've obviously lost four straight games. And if they had had maybe Lamar and some of their other guys, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't even think uh, that it's, that it's a contest. So here, here is everybody in the AFC North still alive heading into the second last game of the season with an opportunity to win the division. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than this. What a huge game on Monday night. And you're right. It can go either way, Dan. And it's just so funny that Dan Lobby, who I tried to tell <laughs> all this. For months and months and months that the Steelers were going to be good, <laughs> is picking them to win. Well, that's Super Bowl predictions out the window then, huh? Yeah. I, <laughs> I know. I can't, I, I can't win on this one. I, uh, I have been accused of flip-flopping on the Steelers by uh, – some people who will, who will remain unnamed, but I'm sure are, are listening at the moment. Uh, I've been a- accused of flip-flopping on them multiple times over the course of the season. Although I was thinking along those lines, it would also be appropriate if the Browns went on and won the Super Bowl after everything that's happened this year and we all yes. left them for dead after Baltimore, the first Baltimore yes. game, and they just go on and win the Super Bowl. We'll have to yeah. devote a whole podcast to a Dan Lobby victory lap if that happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dan, it was the only one out of all of us that predicted that the Browns were going to the Super Bowl. And you still have an opportunity for that enormous victory lap coming, Dan. I mean, like, <laughs> it can still happen. Does it still count if every pick I make goes against that, though? <laughs> reverse <laughs> psychology still, predictions. It still counts. Tunnel vision. We we can't we compartmentalize. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, there we go. Our predictions here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you are, of course, a subscriber wherever you listen to your podcast. You can get these uh, right on your phone or whatever device you use to listen uh, as soon as I hit publish on these. Make sure you're a football insider subscriber as well. Cleveland.com slash Brown's the blue banner at the top of the page. For Mary Kay Scott and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. I got wrong you know I should have like really got focused and maybe burned some incense here